Welcome to the Eschaeology Podcast. Many thanks to Resnix Sound Solutions for making this podcast a reality. There's a link in the show notes, but you can find out more about Resnix Sound Treatments along with tons of other info, resources, and products at ResnixSoundSolutions.com. Now on with the show. We have three guests today. Uh, Luke. How we doing? I'm Luke Willett, a.k.a. Rick Wilson, as I'd say about half of the online population knows me as. Rick Wilson. The alter ego. And that's Chris Pierce, who has been on here before. Last time I talked to Chris uh, on the podcast, I think we discussed, you know, that everything he had except for the motor in his car was pretty good. Don't do anything crazy. (laughs) Just, you know, keep competing it. Enjoy it. Don't don't try to be the big dogs like everybody else. And then uh, what did he do? Three weeks later. Ripped out the whole freaking dash. So, yeah, good job. It's going back in. Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure that I'll have to see that. I'm not sure that fixes things. <laughs> it is going back in. It was just in the way for a minute. And the last person you heard was Austin. I got no bass, McCarter. Yeah, that's right. How's it going, guys? <laughs> and his vehicle, his uh, Ram Ram Rebel, is it? I think uh, has been going around recently yeah. with his completed build now with pair of 18s and some arc series amps and so all kinds of fun stuff That's what i've ended up with so luke wanted to kind of get something going here to discuss and hopefully i get this wrong so you can correct me and what you actually want to say but kind of get a a perspective of people who several people here who are somewhat new to competition maybe not necessarily to car audio so luke let's start with you What's your background and what's your thoughts on this? So one, appreciate kind of, man, we, we came up with this idea what, six hours ago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, so I uh, appreciate you kind of making this happen. And uh, so, yeah, I came, I guess the classic online way, my, my background in terms of like car audio is there's like a significant gap in my resume <laughs> from high school to three years ago. And uh, so there's like this, 15 year gap. I've always kind of been into audiophile. High school, I had a system and I was thinking about it earlier today. I remember splitting it with my dad and my dad negotiating this head unit and kicker system with a with a five channel and a 10 inch CVX for like two grand in 2005. And that was the last previous system that I had. Just didn't really know what I was doing, but it was just something better than what was in my Infinity QX4. And then I've always kind of like been around audio. I've played guitar a good chunk of my life. And so not not anything like to write home about, but it's just something that it's always been something that's natural to me. And bought a truck or got a company truck, I should say. And it was coming with the stock system. So I started with the classic, oh, let me go read online. I'll put 1500 bucks to the side and I'll do a basic system and started the Crutchfield way and then realized that nobody knew what they were really talking about. Then I got into DIY mobile audio and that rabbit hole unraveled real quick. And so I'd started with some like basic, super basic install, like putting CCF on the outside of my doors, thinking I was deadening them 
Um, it, it was kind of just a crapshoot in the beginning. And then I like progressed into something a little more serious and then noticed one of Nick's build logs. It had a director cut into the headliner of the same truck I owned. And then kind of the rest was was history after that in terms of getting hooked onto the, the, the ceiling immediately began to rise in terms of what I realized what was possible. And then enjoyed the documentation process, honestly. I enjoyed kind of sharing the as I'm learning, trying to share both my mistakes, what I'm learning, what's working. Uh, obviously, Nick was a really good mentor and uh, in terms of kind of just cutting through the bullshit and just being very transparent about what should work, what, where to spend your money, where to spend your effort. And I still learned the hard way. I still spent a year fighting him and trying to be like, God, I, I'm going to try it anyways just to find out that I spent 5000 bucks just to end up in the same place as I started. <laughs> as we all have. But... Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't really until I think a year and a half ago where it was like stuff started kind of clicking and slowing down how I was making decisions and problem solving a different way, and getting so heavy into it, trying to learn tuning, trying to learn the science behind it, and experimenting on my own, and then eventually just kind of got like, it, it's car audio has been this culmination of like all of my hobbies that I enjoy, whether it's music, it's woodworking, it's electrical. I kind of, I grew up in construction. And, uh, so I've always been around working with my hands, which I think is a pretty common thread between Chris Austin and I in terms of construction background. But yeah, it was just this place to like express everything in, in one little place. And, and it's, it's been addictive for me. Uh, I, and now I'm kind of transitioning almost away from necessarily the, uh, the technical side of it, and, and I enjoy the social scene, and uh, that, that's what comps are about to me. Is like, yeah, the, the the competition is it's fun to get scored and all that, but it's far more about the social scene and like just hanging out with a bunch of nerds who care about the same thing as I do. And and it's been a blast. It's been expensive, but it's been a blast. And uh, and SVR kind of really solidified that like this is something I really care about and I enjoy. Um, and even though I was a complete rookie and didn't really know what I was doing at the time and didn't, didn't know who was who besides a few people that Nick was great about introducing to me and finally got to like put some faces to names. Uh, but this time around, I think I'm much more excited and feel like I'm like going with a different mindset and really just going to enjoy myself and go from there. Chris, we've obviously had you on be here before. We've kind of covered this before, but also as a recap for those who, uh, may not have listened to that. Why don't you go ahead and give us a recap again, kind of what got you into car audio and competition and, and what your goals are. Um, well, I'm pretty much started car audio, same as the majority of people first car at 16. And I just wanted something that was, uh, just wanted better music in the car. So just started building some stuff. I remember pretty much at the end of my first car was an all kicker system, like 12 inch kicker in the back couple kicker amps and kicker front uh, two-way. And I pretty much learned everything from finding a car audio installer book. I can't remember if I just ordered one on eBay or saw it at the library or something, but I read that thing through like cover to cover 10 times and just started seeing the, the little different ways. After that kind of ran its course and got busy with life, the next truck 
just took all the couple speakers there and screwed them to the doors and left it like that for a couple of years because I was busy building the motor that's going into my current car at the moment because they were both Hemis. <laughs> so after that truck rotted away around the motor, I trashed that, got the charger, and um, pretty much came from uh, being bored at work. So you start looking up, oh, hey, it's some new speakers. And then with my truck build, I was real, real heavy into forums and stuff. I did a lot of documentation on how I built my previous truck because that was way more on mechanical side. So when I did the audio, I'm like, hey, I'll just find most popular audio form and just read everything I see and kind of catch up on it. And that's where I first learned about a DSP and ways to get like the sound that you read about in the books. Like, oh, it's supposed to sound like this. And then start seeing the technology you need to to get that. So just like everybody else, kind of snowballed first set of speakers I remember throwing in. And I was just like, well, this isn't that great. And then I found out the DSP and that started everything. So I've kept like a very, very thorough build log on DIY mobile audio for about three years now. Mm. And I just keep adding to it. I've got pretty much my whole current build on right now. Um, as I'm building it, every couple of days I'm putting up new pictures and build log. And It does seem like there's uh, some callback for that from currently involved people that, you know, especially with the uh, the plethora of tuning information that we seem to get these days, which is great, <laughs> you know. We haven't had that all along. Now it's kind of an overload, and now people are kind of like, hey, I kind of miss the build logs and the, the process documentation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Austin, I don't know any of your story, really. What's your Where, where did you come from? My, my background into sound quality was really just shy of two years old. I actually didn't know anything about the, the possibilities inside a vehicle, period. My my sound quality journey has only been about two years in the making. Uh, I didn't know what was even possible inside a vehicle until I heard a vehicle at the Sound Factory one day. Ever since my very first vehicle, I've just thrown speakers in. I had a Nissan Titan at the very beginning, and I had a set of Memphis subs, 212s, that I actually never even got to put in the vehicle. Uh, They sat in my bedroom floor, and I just looked at them forever. (laughs) And uh, so so I never put those in, and I eventually got a Rockstar Fosgate 12 that I got to put in the truck, and I, it sounded like absolute garbage, I'm sure. Uh, to me, it was awesome. I thought it was the best thing ever. It developed from there. I, after that, I got a, another set of Memphis subs that I actually put in the truck, and man, my love, my love for audio just developed from there. I used to play rock band in my my dad's home yeah, theater yeah. room. He had, he had a very extensive home theater set up. So that was really my introduction to what good sound was. But it wasn't until about two years ago that I even realized that that was possible inside a vehicle. That kind of That's kind of where my journey started. And uh, it's all been trial and error. It's been honestly terrible and very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Cut, cutting holes in my truck. And I guess when I very first started 
competition was at the Vinny 22. I guess that was June of 2022. It was at the Sound Factory, and Richard Patson and Vinny Taylor were the very first people to sit in my truck, and uh, I had my tweeters pointed directly down at the dash, uh, very terribly installed. I had a, I'm pretty sure a subbox that was ratchet strapped in my back seat where I'd removed just one back seat. So I know it sounded absolutely terrible and it was all install related, but I had absolutely no idea. And thankfully the guys at the sound factory have helped me the entire way. They've opened my eyes and really, really helped me cut a lot of corners to get to where I am now. Or holes. (laughs) (laughs) Or holes. Yeah. I think, I think terrible and very expensive should be just the name of the whole podcast. I'm going to change that. That'd just be the T-shirt. I, I vote for that. I've definitely spent a lot more money than I should have if I would have known what I know now. Oh man, the amount of losses—it's like it's obscene how fast it can it can add up. Should name the podcast "The Guys with Lonely Housewives." Yeah. <laughs> if only they knew the actual amounts that we spent. <laughs> yeah it was it it was ironic i was watching my walking my dog before this and i was thinking to myself that i just stopped giving time estimates to my wife about how long something's gonna take because i really can't recall a time where i went to go work on my vehicle or anybody else's and that i it's like it's always well i ran into this and i ran into this and I get a, I need four hours, and so now it's just I'll be gone for the day, and it seems to work out a little better. My wife just absolutely rolled her eyes to no extent whenever I say it shouldn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> it's I've I've turned her into an audio file though. My wife is definitely like before even because she her and I uh, kind of got together basically at the same time I started getting into car audio. And it's been a really slow progression. Like she was listening to music all day long through the speakers in her computer monitor and be perfectly happy with that. Um, and now it is rapidly evolved into the, she buys out her lease of her vehicle next month and the thing is coming apart and it's going to go blam helix and Resonix and blah, blah, blah. And it's her, her, her bar has continually begun to raise and I, I remember the the first time it clicked is when I came home from getting Accuton the first time from Nix, and the first time I put on I think it was Black and White or Black or White by Michael I Jackson. I love that track. And in the first ten seconds, she was like, "Holy <laughs> yeah. shit!" And, and that's from the passenger seat, and she was like, "There's something really unique about this that I've never heard before." So it sounds like your audio budget just doubled. <laughs> <laughs> kind of it's like luckily my wife is just content with enjoying my truck with me <laughs> that's awesome yeah i think it's funny to like listen to how reference level immediately moves the goalposts and i'm, I'm kind of curious to how chris's experience is like because i hear like austin had a local shop i had i had nick and um, I know Chris, you you I think you interact with Peter fairly often. Um, and yeah, that, that was from finding him online, finding his videos. But that's about it. Which is saying a lot, given where your car is right now. Which is 
uh, it feels carrying the torch as the most extreme SQ car that's in public production. I think Brian has got Mitchell's got something cooking. Um, yeah, that should be pretty insane. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be done or if it's coming to this season, but I would assume that it is. Um, 2040 something but <laughs> him, him and him and scott welch and uh mike minio and uh earl zausmer's old bmw are all going to come out at the same time we're just waiting for it all all in the same year <laughs> i might be retired then but they're all going to come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that guy building earl's car definitely seems to be taking his time <laughs> but it's cool what he's doing yeah, obviously it hopefully we get to hear it someday but it is cool what he's doing anyway yeah it's a i think the first like the first time that i i'm trying to think the first time i heard like a car that was like night and day better than anything i'd heard before the, the first time i'd gone to visit nick's shop i i had heard his volvo second but i heard matt kim's tesla um which I think the previous year had like done extremely well at SVR. And obviously he, he knows what he's doing too. And I was like, between hearing IB sub and actual tuning, it was very hard to understand what I was listening to. It wasn't until like probably two or three months later where it was like, it started to sink in of how, not necessarily hard it is to get to that, but how how much patience and 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 what factors go into making something sound that good, and it was like chasing that 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 high. And I feel like you always car audio like anything is like you chase that first big step, and then the step gets smaller every time that and and then proportionally more expensive. Um, and I've kind of stopped feeling like I need to do that or it's not, not necessarily like a money thing. It is like, I want to put two 18s in the back of my truck too. And <laughs> everybody should, stomaching the everybody fact that should. <laughs> do it. I mean, it, whether you get it from it. me as a drug dealer or another drug dealer, we're all serving the same drugs <laughs> and you should all take them. I'm just saying I've regretted a lot of things in life. I've never regretted bigger subs. <laughs> <laughs> I truly didn't know what I was missing. <laughs> I'd love to do 18s in mine. It's just, I just got those AE 15s not all that long ago. And I don't want to. AE makes 18s too. I mean, I know. Well, yeah, maybe. Paste. Maybe a year after you order them. Yeah. Well, I can help. I can help. I went to quote them. I'll I'll be. uh, (laughs) I got 18s on hand. I'll supplement. It's, I I actually went today. I was talking to uh, Ron Ivy. I forget his last name, but he bought copper plated. Uh, SPP oh, yeah, 15s. Yeah. I, I saw those. They look, they look awesome. I saw that post. Yeah, they're gorgeous. But he waited, I think, four months for the first one and seven months yeah. for the second one. Yeah, it's. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I, I'll do it. But by the time I probably would get 18s, I would be lucky to have him in for SVR uh, or or any other event. So I'll probably do them next year. In reality. Um, if if I can fit them, I got to go look at that this weekend. But you there's fit. always a way to fit them. <laughs> where where there is a yes. will, there's a way. <laughs> you buy the sledgehammer and do, a plasma cutter, like that. you can get them. Do it like that. Um, one guy in Cali did where he's got the two 18s in that box behind the oh, back yeah, yeah, window, yeah. a blow through window. 
I, I wish I had a the the that an operating window in the back because I hundred percent would buy a truck cap and figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> as opposed to cutting cutting my truck, I would I would live with it. It, it you, was, can, you can always weld pieces back. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm. I'm at at this point is that the truck's not going anywhere for the next probably three years, two years at least. So yeah, I plan to hold on to my truck for a very long time. Yeah, the amount of work and effort and stuff I put into it, man. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just going to be one of those that I hold on to. Let it die. <laughs> yeah. So I'm announcing die. Austin's new vehicle now. What do you say? A month after finals, and he'll start a new build. What I'll start a yeah. new build? No, a new truck. truck. You'll have a new <laughs> truck like a month after finals. As soon as you oh, say that you're going to keep a vehicle, right. that's that's the seal of doom right there. Yeah, <laughs> that means that means a new vehicle's around the corner. Your your motor's going to blow on your way to finals, or something's going to happen. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Don't put that on. I mean, it's a good thing it's not a Dodge. Oh wait. Ooh. Oh wow. <laughs> <It is>. Yeah. <laughs> That is very true. Oh, I know for a fact all all that. Uh, at, least, at least there's a good community. At least there's a good community to help push it around. <laughs> all that uh, idling at SQ events, idling your car while you're listening to music, it just tears the lifters apart. <laughs> it's the not like that's the one thing that keeps me from owning my truck long, long term is lifter yep. failure is. I've, I've had so prominent. I think I've had five different Hemi's now, but. Yeah, I was not expecting. No, they. This is the first one that the lifters went out on me, but it was only at a hundred thousand miles. Kind of surprised me. Yeah, the GMC six twos are like plagued. I think I'm like about three months after they switch manufacturers, and it's been good since. Um, but like 2018 to 2021 uh, was, I don't know, like 10 percent of vehicles were, were having lifter failures in six point two and five point threes liters. It's like. It, bad, bad. Yeah. Uh, QC, but knock on wood, mine's been good. So, um, so Chris, when's your, uh, are you your first event that you're trying to make and you think you're going to make it? Well, the first one I was planning on was, um, one of Scott and Cassie's, um, shows in Canton, but that's in three weeks. So <laughs> it's not going to make it. Is that the, the shake off the winter blues one? Yes. Yep. I wish I didn't live so far away. It's like I'm 10 hours from everything. <laughs> yeah. Try, try um, being in Maine. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's getting better, though, I will say. The Northeast I, is slowly developing. I helped my uh, nephew throw together a really, really basic, it's just as cheap as I could get him, uh, building his little car over the summer. Uh, I did, like, CDT widebands. You know, the refurbished ones are like 80 bucks. I gave them some six-inch mid-bass speakers. They're actually my first set I had in my car, what, 15 years ago almost? And they were still laying around. I'm like, here, put these in. You don't have to buy a new set of speakers. Dayton DSP. Oh, baby. Um, yeah. That's, I, that's what I started with. <laughs> to, like, that's that's what Richard Patson and... Uh, Vinny Tyler heard for the first time. <laughs> those those things are so bad. They're so bad. <laughs> Terrible. It's <laughs> like, why did I, I... I don't even think I paid for mine, and I f- still feel like I wasted money. <laughs> yeah. I, I told him, I'm like, hey, the, this, the car he has is, is kind of a beater. It's, he's looking for another car down the road. I said, let's get you started. 
see if you like it. And if you like it more, when you get a new car, we'll do it. So I, I helped him build it. He helped me. We got it all done. And I told him, hey, come to that show in Canton with me. And I'll, since I'm not bringing my car, we'll enter yours and we'll just kind of mess around and see if you like doing it. So hopefully he can make fun. it down. But the next event, I'm going to try to get to Maine for Luke's get together and was oh, wow. April. I, can't, I, I hope you make it. <laughs> I don't know if that's like the first show of the year. I keep getting all these dates mixed up, but it's end of April uh, 27th. Yeah. It's a week before the pigeon forge. Yeah, so I'll be at that one for sure. Luke, yours is, I believe just right at 13 hours away from me. It's a, uh, I, 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 if you come Chris, like you, you're, Stay at my house and don't pay for a hotel because that's like that's for for I enjoy our get together. It's like it's super grassroots. Um, it definitely was one of the pieces. Yeah, but I like those. Those are those are fun. Agreed. Let the lot we did one in uh, Ian Brandon's front yard in New mm-hmm. Hampshire, and it was like five cars on the street. Gerald Costa brought his van, parked it on Ian's front lawn, we grilled. And we had a couple more cars scattered throughout and we had a blast. And like, I think I, it was the first time I had a, a max in my possession and uh, Lance Perkins was like, wanted to try it out. So we're like, we're just in the middle of Ian's driveway with a max and a laptop. And, and he was like messing around with phase. And like, to me, that, that kind of stuff is what makes me really addicted to this hobby because it's just it's the discovery it's the fun it's the like not serious part about it how many people do you have like temporary like, like kind of signed up uh, right now this we have like 20 already yeah i thought it was is, up in the 20 which is way more than previous years usually it's a really slow start and then like three weeks beforehand i'll like people will start coming out of the woodwork especially for the spring event where everyone had the best intentions in the winter to like do something with their build but then they don't and then (laughs) tell me about it and the snow melts and then people get like everybody local to here is like blasting in march to try to do something and um but i feel that like the first honestly the first event we had got 50 percent of the people were actual people in the the industry with like good reference and good cars and um and then we had like kind of the local main scene, which has gone from, I don't know, there's only like five or six of us, but the the level of which each of us have like progressed in just a couple of years um, it, it is a lot. It, like J- Jacob, um, who is like uh, to squirrel on Dima, has gone from super basic install to now he's got two SPPs and IB uh with aporotic uh ib mid base uh, e430s uh a might his own microarray and smart it's like a, it's all these like progression in two years of like really wanting to get through it and i and i think that i i like infecting people with especially if they are passionate about music is that like my i had a coworker that i did a basic system with and it was amazing to like watch him like chase music, and all of a sudden he's sending me songs uh, that 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 sound good in his truck, and um, that's the kind of stuff that makes me more more apt to engage and host the events over and over. And uh, we taught some Rue Rue EQ stuff last time. 
uh, it's usually a great time. Honestly, it's like we have a good, my previous business, we have a, a huge warehouse. It's a 10,000 square, square foot warehouse that we get to use. So kind of rain or shine, we have a good place to hang out and park cars and not, not have to worry uh, about the weather too much. The most important part for anybody going up there, there's a place called the Brunswick Diner. My man. That is phenomenal. And my wife wants to go back to Maine just for that. So, I mean, I could maybe talk her into coming to your show, if nothing else, but to go to that diner. So if you're there, it will look, it looks like a nothing hole in the wall that you're scared to walk into. But once you do, and once you eat the food, it's all worth it. (laughs) Absolutely. Always the best. I forgot about that. I forgot that you had came through. (laughs) That's the first time you and I talked. I was like, yep. Man, we were in Maine on vacation, and we went there by total chance. Like, I was at a stoplight, and I was hungry, and I put in breakfast and maps, and it was like 450 Boom. feet away. And it had good reads. I was like, oh, I'll turn around and go there. And it was like the, one of the best places we went the whole time we were there. And then, like, a day later, I was on Facebook, and I see a ad pop up for something that you had on Facebook Marketplace in Brunswick. And I was like, wait, I was just there. Um, hey, do you live here? Because <laughs> it was total, total crap chance. But yeah, anyway, go to the diner. It's worth it. Hundred <laughs> percent. It, it it is such a childhood nostalgia. Like obviously, I grew up here, but right. um, and but that was like go if we were doing work on the weekend with my dad. Like we go there five thirty before we would go work and do whatever it was Brunswick Diner. Like he was like the. The, the 5 a.m. weekday club and the right. the the and it, it's it's honestly been a staple of Brunswick and those those types of holes in the wall places are always the best reign supreme anyway go there you'll have good food but yeah well, no Chris you should come I back. will say I'm not making 11 hour drive for a diner <laughs> I don't know but, <laughs> but yeah I got I got every intention of making it up there as long as my engine gets rebuilt by then but it's what three months away? So I should be good. I plan on it. So famous last words. Where, where so, do you live, Austin? I've, I've I've been trying to figure out based on the timings you gave me. Yeah, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, all right, all right, right. So I'm literally thirty minutes away from the sound factory. So so to touch on so me and Luke obviously had a little help you with Nick and me with being so close to the sound factory. Chris, with you, what was what kind of helped it all come together? Just not having just somebody that was so close that already had so much knowledge that could help you along the way. What kind of helped it all click for somebody that's wanting to get into this? First off is just straight up research on the internet. And that's kind of why I'm so dedicated to doing my build logs all the time is because that's how I learned was reading through everybody else's stuff. So it's important for me to kind of, I guess, pay back. So if someone else is looking, they have, you know, the same experience. Um, right when I was kind of, bi- after I like had the general idea and I'm starting to build my system, I looked up competition events and I saw Steel Valley Regional was coming up. I'd never really heard of it. It looked like a decent enough show, fairly close. So like, you know what? I'm just going to drive down on a Saturday and walk around and see what's up. So, what was, was that, that your first show too? Nice. Well, no, 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 no. This is like two, three years ago when I oh, was okay. starting. Starting. SVR was like my third show. 
Um, That's not intimidating at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was either, tw- I think it was 2021. So I don't think it was a COVID one. Maybe it was 2020, right before it, but a couple of years ago. So walking around there, I just listened to a couple cars here and there, asked some questions. And the guy there that helped me the absolute most was Bill Grime, because he has a Chrysler 300. So it's very, very similar to what I had. So I asked, hey, can you give me a demo? And we sat down and listened to music. His car has always been great. I've, I've, I really like Bill's car. So we just started talking, and he started telling me how he did everything and seeing ideas I hadn't seen before, and he just starts explaining stuff. Gave me some tips on tuning, and he, he walked out in the parking lot. I said, hey, mine's here. It It's like half built right now. Just tell me what you think so I can keep moving. So, I mean, he left the show, walked out in the parking lot, sat in the car for a couple minutes, gave me some pointers, and I ended up buying one of his old Zapco amps off of him because I had, I think I had one of the LX amps, and he had another. He's like, I, I want to sell this. So I bought an amp that matched one of mine. That's still in my car now. So Bill helped me get started, and then after that, it was just paying attention to the internet, watching what everybody else was doing. And I said that was the main thing for me was watching what everybody else was doing and seeing what the top cars were doing, and and just trying to copy. Honestly, copy a lot of stuff. Just, I didn't, I didn't know anything about sound deadening a vehicle. I had never even dug into the depths of it, period, until I heard a top-level vehicle. The internet is an interesting place, especially to go learn about car audio. Um, DIY, mobile audio, which is kind of the, besides Facebook, is the only real place to, to go gather some information. And when I look at it, when I look at when I joined and my knowledge now, um, the less I, I, I enjoy the people that I've met and the ability to share the detail that I that I have because it's surprising like uh, that I'll connect with people in different ways through different social media or whatever from that. Uh, but I find that the information that you can get there, uh, I don't know, if dangerous is the right word, but there is a it is a giant echo chamber. And I would say that there's a pretty small sliver in that population that actually knows what they're talking about. And and I don't mean that to be like pessimistic and overly critical, but I, I look at how many people have actually experimented or tried something on their own. And I look at the people that tend to offer advice that have either just, I had my installer do this. It sounds good to me. I don't really have a reference of other vehicles. I don't go to meetups, but this is expensive and this sounds good um, because it's expensive. And using that type of logic is, and they're they're always the first ones to chime in on half of these introductory, hey, I'm new. And it's not that I've given up trying to, to go into some of those threads and help people, but I just, it is very disheartening to me to watch some people just recommend stuff blindly without actually knowing anything about what they're talking about. And I know I'm new, but there's still, I find that it's a trap until it wasn't until I started making like big mistakes or there was enough times where 
people told me something and that it was going to not work or work and have those realizations like come to 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 life that it was finally that I just almost stopped listening to to most of the people or or you just find the people that that you can trust because they they have credentials and or, or you've you've met them in person or you've heard something that they've done and then uh, then it becomes real but I don't know how you guys have begun to sift through that or how you view it um, because I feel like it is a fire hose trying to to get through the information that's online sometimes. Yeah, if you spend enough time on enough forums, you kind of just learn how to sift through that stuff and take everything at kind of face value, you know? <clears throat> I mean, you see it, and it's not specific to that forum, any forum on any topic, like, you go into the truck stuff and it's just as bad there, but you just kind of learn how people talk and how they interact. And you're like, yeah, this guy clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. So we're just going to ignore him for a little while. Mm. But there's sometimes you can tell when someone's, you know, on point stuff they're saying makes sense. And it doesn't just sound like, you know, regurgitated crap. Yeah. I'd say about 20% of what I've learned is a new person coming into this has been online and the other 80 percent has been at actual competitions firsthand talking to people i I find the the people who know the most are usually the ones who talk the least absolutely (laughs) like like, obviously i talk a lot but at the same time like when it comes to telling somebody how to do something or you know something that's outside of my scope i very rarely will i actually do that because there's you know, I found there's too many ways to skin a cat to try to say that I have the answer on that. And if you don't have a cohesive plan, you know, if you take some of this guy's plan and some of that guy's plan and some of that guy's plan and try to put it together, it's probably not going to turn out very good. Like reading phase through RTA. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know. All you need is a tape measure. <laughs> It's a, yeah, I, I, I find myself tight. I'll, I'll half type responses to, to stuff online and I find myself deleting. Delete more. it, move on. I've done that <laughs> countless times. It's, it's just like, it's not worth it. This is just, <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> I, I have racks of notes pages where I've just typed into that and then I just leave it and I figure, well, maybe there'll be something good there a few years from now, but I'm not going to use it today. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh yeah I don't know I'm like it, it's it's not that I want to be tell people not to listen to the internet because that's exactly how I got started and you you, you meet the right people eventually. Um, when you you have yeah. to you have to try some things and you have to know where to start to try those things. Like if you don't know where to start to try the things, you have to take somebody's advice to get somewhere, and then then you start figuring it out. But I would say you know don't. At the same time, uh, at the same time, it's just like gambling or anything else. Like, don't go in deeper than you can, um, expecting that whatever you're doing is going to be the silver bullet because it probably isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, because at least if you try it and it doesn't work out, you say that you're not just regurgitating when someone else told you. Mm-hmm. Right, you have firsthand knowledge there. Yeah, it, it's like I, I'm sure there's 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 a certain public perception of me of like of how much I've learned from Nick and, but it's not exclusively from him. A lot of it is him telling me something in me. Like I was determined that my audio control LCQ one 
was going to be sufficient as a DSP to me in my head when I, when I first started out. I, I fought it tooth and nail that I didn't want a DSP because it was way more than I was than I needed. It'll still sound great to me. And I, I lasted with that thing for like two and a half months with the, the amount of fucking noise that thing put in the system was like, and then it would, uh, it, it couldn't handle more than nine volts, even though it takes speaker level inputs. I was like, looking back, it was just like, I, I fought, I probably built my truck six times before I got to a system that was even relatively correct in terms of what SQ means. It's, but I, 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 to me, it's a good place where I, watch people the, the people that i want to help especially when they're like very it's a gmc trucker chevy silverado is like i'll jump in with those people to be like let me save you a lot of heartache yeah it's like i don't push them yeah it's like i don't want to make them spend five ten fifteen twenty grand um but it's all it's just like it's just let's make an educated decision here um and that's where I'm hoping to with sharing build logs and things like that, that is, it's a good reference to be like, Hey, check this portion of my build out and why something didn't work or why something did work. Or, um, that, that, that to me is the the good part about the online community is being able to like provide that reference to people. For me, I was always, uh, what I liked the most on like research and was trying to find those little hidden gems because I'm not one that wants to um, overpower you by how much money's in it. I'd like finding that hidden gem. Like, honestly, the majority of the stuff that's in my car was all bought used, mostly on forums. I'd say 80% of my car is all, like, used stuff. So finding hidden gems, I, I always really like searching Madison Sound, looking for that right driver that would work in, instead of sticking with, like, a brand-name set. Like I, I wanted that budget fine that somebody was overlooking and using that to in the correct application. That that was my thing, just looking and looking and looking. I think figuring out the, the application part of the the install is the, the biggest thing. That was the biggest eye opener for me is how much uh speaker placement really truly matters and how it affects everything going on. I remember when I left, and I'm I'm the worst at the hidden gem mentality. I was perpetual in in the fact that I thought more expensive was better, uh, and but I, I don't regret the, the things that are in my truck currently. Like I, I I feel that the install is doing them mostly justice, besides having a, a truck. <laughs> Uh, but the there the SVR was actually something about it was specifically about amps. I was hell bent on the fact that I wanted to buy Brax GX or MX4 Pros as fast as I possibly could. And then I got to SVR and I was like, I listened to all these cars with ten thousand dollar audio waves in them, and was just like, hmm, like I can't tell the difference. And like they sound they sound great, but. When I when I hop between Larry's car and my car, it's like mostly the same kind of front stage, and I can't really tell a discernible difference in what what I'm listening to. And it, 
put my mind at ease about thinking more expensive is more better. Um, and now it's completely focused on install uh, an application. And and if Peter ever listens to that, I'm sure he's looking over his his proud sons being <laughs> <laughs> being happy about that. That's how we're thinking. Um, but but it is really what it's. Yeah, I gotta I gotta say with Peter putting out as much as he does really helps guys like us to you know he keeps some stuff to himself, which hey, that's his business and that's perfectly fine, but he puts out so much on the install and documents it so well. Like I, I told him the other day when I was chatting with him, I said one of the ways I get some inspiration because I'll I'll hit like a roadblock on a design or something like that. I'll, I'll go back into his picture albums and like find the year end wrap up and just look through all of the different bills he has and then try to pick something from that to get me past my roadblock. So uh, the guys that are out there documenting what they're doing and putting out there, it really helps guys like me who just doesn't have many people around and has the time to research that and put it all together in their head. That that's, one of the main reasons I'm doing what I'm doing because it, that people were putting it out there. Yeah. Well, it was from, from his videos. Like I wa- I must've watched it 20 times screenshotting, writing a few notes. And I was like, okay, this and this. But then when it came down to it, like I built the thing and start to finish in like 36 hours because mm-hmm. I, it was that, that was the window that I had, but I'd gone through it so many times and referenced his information. Um, and I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's invaluable. Like th- there's only a select few amount of people that I feel actually put out good quality information and, and a lot of it free. Like you, you got Nick, you got Peter, uh, you got Jeff and you have these like kind of core people that are willing to share this, this information like Loge or LB audios. A lot of people know him online. Loge Carmen is like, puts out like these works of art, but he's they're They're just as willing to spend time with you behind the scenes to teach you some of the methodology of why things are going the way that they are. Um, and it's like being able to engage or find, like you said, those, like those diamonds in the rough of, uh, of people that don't speak a lot. They'll share their, their knowledge. But when you get, and you, you peel the curtain back and you get to talk to them one-to-one or, or look into some of their more detailed information, the good to great bridge opens up a lot quicker. Um, it's in in my eyes at least yeah i can definitely agree with that the videos that peter's put out and other people have put out have uh, man hours and hours and hours of just watching videos and like you said taking notes and all the fabrication work i had absolutely zero fabrication skills before i started on this truck in particular uh before it was just all prefab boxes and just whatever crap i could honestly fit in there so, so this was a very deep dive, and those videos truly helped me the whole entire way. Pretty much, Peter has a video for any kind of scenario that you would want to do, any kind of application that you would want to put in your vehicle. He's probably done it. So I can attest to that, that those videos truly help. All trial and error. He's coming here for SVR. Uh, he's, he's here for like three weeks plus, plus or minus around SVR. I'm curious Cliff, if he's going to participate in the, in the tuning challenge. I hope, I, I hope he does. Um, 
he's he's invited, as far as I know. I don't think he's confirmed on that, but I know he's invited. So we nice. will see. It'll be. He's, I'm, I'm, he's part. He's participated in one of mine before. He didn't win that one, so maybe he's got <laughs> cold feet. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. He's he's grown a lot since then. I will say so. <laughs> I, I'm really curious. I'm I'm curious the even from the outside of the vehicle to watch it firsthand um, because I do think it is from from what I know a little bit behind the scenes post finals is that it's. Um, it's a complicated but simple process. Uh, I, like I know he doesn't use array. I think he's he's fairly similar to to how Nick tunes, um, but I'll I'll be curious to to see to see him and to see him at SVR because from from what I gather is I I think that SVR this year is going to be particularly stacked. Uh, it always seems to be that way from the outside looking in and looking back at some of the attendance. Now that I know some of the the names, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see what he thinks of that because I know he was ruffled a few feathers at finals, um, but I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think. Uh, so for I'm this, just happy that I got in SVR. <laughs> the way the way Aggieland filled up, man, it's like it was oh, full before pre rage even started. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably sold out like in like twenty minutes, close something like that. <laughs> It's like I messaged you an hour early. <laughs> what do you mean it's sold out? It's like, wait, wait a minute. I thought it was ahead of time. No, yeah, I've I've got a little different plan for next year on all that, but it's kind of crazy how much pushback, you know. Uh, and I know SVR and Aguiland are both different kinds of shows, and I mean they're built that way, right? I mean that's they're they're built ground up to be different, but. You know, it's it's funny how many people are like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to do that. And it's like, man, I, I'm just doing what I can to make sure everybody who is actually there gets their money's worth and has a good time. Like, because there's no way I can think about making it bigger than what it is. Like, <laughs> there's it's just there's not enough time to do it right to have more like it's it's let's just do what we have and do it right. So completely understandable. Other people can do other events on their own and I'm more than happy to help however I can, but you know, it's, it's enough to do those, but yeah, it's uh registration will be a little bit different next year. Just so it's not, I'm glad that the interest in the shows are there. Yo, yeah. I mean, and, and that's good. I mean, that's great. And I, and I mean, I think the thing with that is, is that it does prove that, you know, that type of event, is wanted and there's room for other people like what you're doing, Luke and others to, to branch out and, you know, build your own thing, especially when it's by competitors for competitors. I mean, I know SVR and Aguiland are a little more feels like corporatized, but it's still doing what we want, you know, as far as that goes. And it's not, I feel like it's not quite as industry eyes as like finals and stuff like that, but, Still, yeah, I don't know. As a, as a I, I first hope time, more. as like a first time attendee last year, I would when when I look back at what's understanding the comp scene a little better because that, that was first show for me and and like I I was just here's my score sheets and did as much prep as I could, but for the most part, I was flying by the seat of my pants in terms of like how to handle judging and seating and all that that whole process, but. When I look back about how much needs to go on to make all of that happen, um, 
it's kind of insane how smoothly it actually flows. Uh, I will say you definitely had it going on there. And you had the nice table and the screen set up. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, I ain't got a nice table like that. Might have to take some notes. <laughs> oh, now I, now I have to make an install book where it's all printed up and edited and captioned just to keep up with you. Oh, it's yeah. going to cost me 200 bucks because Mick found three terminations missing. So I have to have the whole book reprinted because there's oh, no that, that I'm taping. Oh, yeah. I was like, he, he was uh, like, I like for. I think most people that know Mick is like, he, he's got that very like almost intimidating stone cold, never smile demeanor um, and dry humor. Like to me, I get along with people like that a lot easier. Um, and I remember him feeling genuinely bad about knocking points on my Emma install because of missing termination photos. Um, and, but it was like, he was, he was fair. Like he didn't let that shit slide. He was, he knocked the points off and, it's stuck forever that now literally any install I do, every termination is documented because, hey, you never know who's going to compete where. And it's just my, just my nature to want to document it anyways. But, um, yeah, it, it's I, I really enjoyed SVR got me hooked on the competition scenes. Why I'm like, I'm going to shamelessly promote my event in June 15th in Sanford, Maine. If you're in New England, come. It's our first show, Keith Keith uh, Turner with Auto Sound Showcase is going to uh, host it. It's just a basic IASCA event, but the fact that there's there's no shows in Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Vermont. The closest one is in New York. New England's a big untapped resource. Uh, so hopefully there'll be a show in greater Boston next year because it's kind of foolish to not have one in that demographic. But um, yeah, it, it's to me is kind of spreading it because uh, sq seems to be always a it's more a, it's a big barrier to entry to do it correctly um so the the competition scene is, is another level above that so whatever i can what i can try to do locally i'm trying to do um and e- even from an install standpoint is like trying to get some people who are passionate about it i've hooked up with a local av guy that does i'm not going to call it ultra high end but pretty high end uh home av and those clients who have know what good sound is, but they don't know that you can get that in, in a vehicle mostly trying to, to tap that and just continue to I don't know, spread that. I'm kind of excited to get back up to Maine because the last time I was there was September of 2001. First week, <laughs> our trip got cut a little short. We had to rush home. I can see why. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's it's a gorgeous place to come visit. It's um, aside from the winter, the winter's kind of streaky, um, but the, uh, the the summer up in Maine and New England, it, it's a good time. It's a it's a nice place to live. I won't say never say never, but I'd like to go to Maine. I'd like to make that trip. I, I definitely want to hit Ohio this year, and I'm gonna make a trip to Florida. Yeah, Florida, my God. my two main ones. I feel like Andrew. And of course, all the, all the shows. The, <laughs> is, yeah. is, uh, yeah, you, you got a, like a decent location to kind of go get hit, hit everything from everywhere. And, and same with Chris, you're, you know, you're not Pennsylvania. Where, where do you live, Chris? Northeast uh, Ohio. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, not too, too bad. Yeah. I plan on going to, I'm, I'm signed up for SVR. I want to go to Pigeon Forge. Uh, that's literally the next week. So if I drive to your place, 
I'm going to get back home and turn around and go to Tennessee the next weekend. So that's going to be fun. Luke, Luke, you going to make the trip down to Tennessee? I won't go to Pigeon Forge. My The shows I'm trying to hit this year are, um, I think the first one that I'll hit there is one in New York in May at Audio Wise, uh, Kevin Mullings. Then June 1st, there's the Hudson Valley Regionals, which if that's striking distance to you guys, that you that show I know you will eat better than any other show that's on the circuit. Um because of who's hosting, because Mike Buonato, who's um he, he was at he was at SVR, he had the Blake Volvo um S90. He's a food scientist and chef by trade, so I know that and he's co-hosting the show. So um but that's June 1st in New York. Then June 15th for my local show, then SVR. Um, I really want to try to make a show that Scott and Cassie are hosting because I feel like they have like a really good attitude about like getting people into this sport, if I can call it that. Most um, definitely. And so yeah, really if you're gonna, if you're going to make it that far, they throw really really good ones in Columbus at uh, John Center's home audio shop. That place is awesome because he's got the full home theater demo room, multiple other listening rooms. So it's a nice little event. Last one we did, we had there was, we had almost 20 cars and that was in like November in Ohio, which kind of sucks, <laughs> but that was a lot yeah. of cars for end of November, end of season. For for real. Super friendly, great people too. It's a, I did not introduce myself to them at SVR, and I regret it. And, and uh, I think we both know who we are, but uh, I'll make sure to make it a point. But I want to try to make it to one of their shows because they, they truly seem like really good, wholesome people that are really passionate about what this represents and also like open arms about bringing people in. Um, there, There is no like uh, standing on the shoulders of other people looking down with them. Um, for the, for the most part, honestly, most of the community is not is not like that. Anyways, um, I had a couple of people approach me that uh, they were going to attend the the Hudson Valley show, and they're like, uh, "I don't want to compete yet. How does it work if I just want to go listen to cars? Like, will people let me listen to their car?" And I was like, "People are the, the, for I would say ninety percent of the people in this hobby, they want to show off and want to like demonstrate and and." And so for anybody who's going to that type of event or going to a comp for the first time, don't be shy. Like 99% of people, as long as you're not interfering with their judging, they will be more yeah, than happy to give you a demo. I can agree with that. People lot of, put a lot of work into this stuff. But I know I've put a ton of work into my truck and it, it feels good whenever people see it and you see people's eyes light up like, wow, you did this and just – answering questions and stuff it, it makes you feel good it does it makes the four and five digits associated with what you did a little bit worth it yeah austin at at uh svr when you kind of like caught me you're like hey you want to come listen to my truck i'm like yeah no problem and i was sat and i was like oh wow you you know what you're doing and i didn't know that you didn't know what you're doing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely you're not. Just as new as me. But I was like, man, this, this sounds better than what I'm doing. Like this kid's like, I think he's going to beat me. No problem. 
You beat me. Luke, you definitely beat me in money round. Yeah, money round. My my, my truck between Saturday and Sunday was much better. Um, but you, I remember you beating you. Don't, you beat me in Emma Master by quite I a bit. I got, <laughs> I got third. Hmm. I got third, and I was ecstatic about it. Yeah, at SVR, and I ask, uh, I think me and Luke were in the same class, and I somehow placed fourth, and you were down there quite a bit. But then in a money round, I placed like 39th, and you were 10th. So <laughs> it was crazy. That's like, that's like why, and I know it comes up in a lot of your 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 podcasts, or um, Cliff is like, ju- judging is so, I'm bought into it. But at a really surface level, no, I say surface level of like, there's only like a handful of people that people have told me to trust or like, you have to really look at trending rather than like isolated incidents. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited about the, the lineup for SVR judging this year for money around. I feel like that is like the almost the best case scenario in terms of judging lineup that, I, that I've seen in my short time in SQ. Yeah, as far, as far as, I mean, Aguiland, we've done okay. SVR this year, um, I think will be the best. As long as everybody shows up and does their thing, I mean, I, th- I think the, the group of judges that we have at SVR for the money round uh, this year will be potentially better than any other year. Um, and, uh, you know, we're dialing in the music today. We're kind of finishing up some of that. There'll be consistencies between the music for Aggieland and SVR because um, there's also a crossover on judges. There's I'm going to put a request in for that music. You got to put at least one of them new T-Pain songs on. You stole. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yes. <laughs> Stay with me is my request. The mid bass in the beginning of that song is so good. It has, it's good. And like I said on your post earlier, I don't even have my car built. Like, no, no good sound system here. And I've been waiting for my car to get finished so I can go out and listen to that album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like well, to I let people it. listen to the beginning of some of those songs and make them guess who this is. It's like, who do you think this is? <laughs> That's a great, great album. No, it's always like five classical songs uh, to two or three jazz songs and then some soundtrack. I feel like that's the prescription for every judging lineup <laughs> and every cop that I've ever seen. Uh, I famously have used the young Jeezy put on, on <laughs> my, I mean, cause that, that was on the, I mean, the original money round disc for a long time for the first few years. And I mean, and obviously I still use it, but it, it's like, I got made fun of it before, but it's like, come on, man, this is car audio. This, this is what we do. Like, I mean, that song was I, hype back in the day, dude. Oh, I remember yeah. going to Cavs games and they would play that as a Cavs runout song. Oh man, I use that song constantly. Still, it's just the metric. It's like you only need thirty seconds of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> First thirty-three seconds is all that was on. And, and when I had it broke down on the disc to where, like, I had it, I had each track cut down to just the parts that I wanted to use for that part of the judging. So it was literally. I mean, most people who have ever competed, you know, at psychology events back in the day or judged, like there was only 33 seconds on the song of the song because it went on to the next song on its own. Like you didn't have the choice. So that's why I made the joke the other day. Like, wait, there's more than 33 seconds to the song because <laughs> no, 
No, but probably most people who know the song backwards and forwards from judging or competing have never heard the whole song. <laughs> I was sitting in my truck when I seen that post on Facebook, and I said, "Well, I guess I'll put it on." <laughs> <laughs> put on, put on. <laughs> what's the, what's the lowest note in there? Twenty twenty four. It's it spreads between like eighteen and twenty two. Yeah. Oh, is that low? Okay, yeah. all right. It, makes it definitely did. Yeah, your truck must be obscene, Austin, with that. <laughs> It's fun. It's a lot of fun. From my understanding, uh, 90% of the, the sound quality people here were all bass heads in the beginning anyways, right? I still am. So. I, I got into sound quality. I mean, I didn't have a big SPL system. I had like a single 12, but it was cranked to the max. I just remember you're getting older. Like, man, this is just this just gives me a headache. I don't want to listen to this anymore. And then it's like, hey, you can listen to music, and it's fun, and it sounds good. You don't have a headache when you're done. So <laughs> maybe I'm just getting old. Get- <laughs> I guess I get to use the excuse that ignorance is bliss because I thought everything sounded absolutely great until oh, yeah. I, I heard a true, like, good sounding vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the, the, the what people think is good. And, and that's why I like the, the meetup scene is so good um, because it just immediately will change perspective and um like t- tonality is always like a crapshoot and it's always like an immediate reference but there's certain things that you hear that are when they're correct and like phase a when you hear phase line mid bass and sub for the first time it's like oh okay that that's what right. that is supposed to do it's not just supposed to sound like a bloated cow every time it hits <laughs> um, <laughs> You mean my vehicle's not supposed to sound like it's falling apart? <laughs> it, it's a, uh, yeah. Um, it, 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 even so, like the guy that I'm working with here locally, who has a very high two-channel reference from from home audio. I remember the first time he listened to my truck. Like a year, it was like a year and change ago. Um, he was he he literally blew up my phone for like three weeks after that trying to chill like how do i how do i get that how how did you get that like um like i didn't realize that was possible and this is someone who definitely has a a recognition of what half million dollar two channel systems sound like and i think i like to me if i were given the choice between the two yeah two channel sounds really really correct but I really like listening to music inside of a car because I like the just the pressure that gets built in the car and the impact that you feel a little differently than you hear in like proper two channel. Um, and I, it'll always be my like default of like what I want to show people when I say good sound. It's not listening to a good pair of headphones necessarily or um, like two good two channel sounds great. But there's something about getting kicked in the neck by good mid bass that is too fun not to enjoy all of the time. And I always, I always found home audio to be just awkward. Like come here and sit on the couch with me. It, <laughs> it's going to be like, let's say a car, you know, there's bucket seats and safety belts. But Something too, just about cruising down the road. Uh, just not in a hurry anywhere. Just jamming out. It just it, it takes me back to center. Mm. Like th- as stupid as it sounds, this this T Pain thing that I discovered, like I haven't been that excited about something in music in a little bit. 
but half of it is because it's like the mastery on it is really, really goddamn good. Um, so what, which song were you saying it is? Off of the live album. It's called On Top of the Covers is the album. It's like a... Yeah. Uh, the track Stay With Me, I think, is is probably the best. At my first, I, I literally discovered it this morning, but I've probably listened to it four, four times. You just uh, have to put on War Pigs and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, that... Yeah, that is probably the most fun, like exciting song to listen to because this cover is so original of it. Because uh, yeah. I, I really like my favorite cover of War Pigs is by Cake, and they did a really, really good job of it. But it's like a true homage to the original. He, but like T Pain and a bunch of these covers has like awkward key changes that like take you, like Don't Stop Believing has like weird changes in pitch that are not in the normal song but they work because obviously they the band is is following him but uh there's a bunch of stuff on there that is but stay with me to me is like I, the only criticism i think i have of the album is that i feel like his voice is boosted at like six seven k where it has a ton of air um and maybe it's just because of how my truck is where like the Accutons have like a ton of natural gain in that area. You have to like, it rides that line of like, does this hurt? No, it doesn't. It's, it, it's, it floats with that edge, but the, yeah, I don't know how that album was recorded in terms of like crowd and position, but it's one of the coolest albums to listen. Like you actually feel like you're in the middle of the crowd because the room is not that big that, that the concert's in and there's only like a hundred people attending. If you watch the uh, behind the scenes video where they kind of take you through the process of it, he'd lost his voice that week and almost didn't do that show because his voice was completely shot. There's a behind the scenes. Okay. I guess I oh yeah. You got to check that out. I'm doing that after I get off of this. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I believe he mentions that in one of the, the songs that he's going through. That's right. Cause I, I listened to it from very front to beginning I actually really like the the one that's not a cover. I believe it's the only one that's not the cover. It's the the Clink song. Oh God, <laughs> second favorite. It <laughs> it's a, I don't I, something about it. It's just uh, it's a good one. That in the beginning of Tennessee Whiskey is amazing. Yeah, who would have thought? Like I've I've two like I'm I'm a gamer by by trade or not trade but gamer by hobby whatever. Uh, and I've always like logged into his Twitch occasionally. It's a riot. It is like if you ever just need like some passive entertainment in the background or you want to watch his uh, his demeanor. It's like I feel like Twitch is always like a a fun place to see people, especially when you have like celebrities on there, like like Dead Mouse will stream occasionally there and while he's producing music. And it's a very like weird lens to look at people that that you didn't get to see them in that light. Uh, maybe a more real experience yeah where they're actual humans like doing stuff that we do and right. uh granted dead mouse is in a dolby atmos like five million dollar studio in his house but um <laughs> still it's like it's just him pushing buttons on a computer with 50 60 th- synthesizers behind him experimenting um it, it, that kind of like piercing the veil of what music production is and um, I don't know that, that to me, like the, the most 
one of the most addictive processes of this is when you make a small change in your system and then going through your library of like heavy hitters over and over again and finding that like little nuance that you didn't hear before or something represented differently. Um, I think that is one of my most favorite parts about things. It was like, and I'm jealous of you, Chris, because you're about to go experience that in full, like to a, cr- a crazy degree. Um, in a few in a few weeks, hopefully. I'm looking forward to getting back out because I love doing demos. I want to hear it unhinged because I, I know we were like the time I listened to it, it was getting. I think there was judging on either side, um, and um, I can never pronounce the band name right. The is it Go, Gojira Gojara the drum solo yeah, Gojira yeah yeah I need to hear that cranked. <laughs> I did get yelled at one time at SVR for playing too loud because we were doing that Karma demo with uh, um, oh, with Nick's girlfriend. Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Nikki. And I'm like, all right, well, I got one thing going for me is that it's kind of loud and dynamic, so I'm going to send it. So I sent it for a song or two, and sure enough, get tap on the window. I'm like, doing the Karma demo, I'll, I'll turn it down in like 30 seconds, but I'm going for cash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, I will, I will spill the beans that Gajira drum solo is on uh, the money round is this year. Oh yes. shit. Nice. It's a, uh... well, I, I freaked out because I've never sat outside my car while I was going crazy <laughs> and we're like parked facing the Jersey wall and I'm sitting right in front of it. And like the very first judging song, I think Harry Mira gets in it and just, sends the volume to 11 and I'm sitting right in front and I got like several cutouts in front for the IB and it's just like reflecting off the wall I'm sitting by. I'm like, this is the loudest thing I've ever heard. It's probably killing them in there. Like what's like, <laughs> do I need to turn my bass down? I was probably, that, that's the bad thing about IB is how many people were probably pissing off around you. There's a, one of the, the guys that I was describing earlier that kind of went from like basic install to two fifteens and IB. Uh, from, from Maine here. The first time he came, he had two SQL 12s in a sealed box. But the next time he came, he had two SQL 15s and IB on like 3,000 watts. And the warehouse that we host the event in, is it's a pre-engineered metal building. And mm-hmm. the amount of resonance that his car <laughs> can create from not – and he wasn't even parked inside. He was parked outside. Um, was obscene. It was – I like – my, I remember one of my my uncles that uh, owns the business now was there like washing his truck in the wash bay and it's not somebody <laughs> who's into loud audio like that. <laughs> and it was nuts. Like that was the first time where I was like, okay, do I want IB? Because this is nuts. Granted, he was really exercising it. But that's, but that's, that's as much of a hesitation for me as it is um, – cutting my truck but for the most part like i'll listen i don't know once a month in my driveway but for the most part i'm always listening while i'm driving so it doesn't really matter one cool thing i got to do one of the jobs i was working on this year was uh water tower and it was like a fully concrete encased one it's like a 50 foot diameter concrete tube with a big tower with the water tank on top so we're there kind of working by ourselves. I'm like, well, I'm bringing my car one day, back it into the garage, opened it all up, went to the top of the tower and while we were cranking it, and that was pretty cool. I got a video just walking around inside, and it's like a giant, just giant cylinder. <laughs> and that was pretty crazy just sending it. 
inside of that because it was really going. <laughs> Actually, I don't guess I've really had a chance to test mine out to see if people can hear it from the outside. I've not even cranked it to get outside to hear it. <laughs> oh, I they, they do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend that they won't hear your subs. <laughs> and, and, are, in 2019, I think it was uh, y'all is no Leo Leal from Mexico. Yeah. Um, he was SVR. And he had a green old beetle for us, which is fairly new for them because it was still in production until recently. But anyway, the whole thing was IB. He had a, a 15 in the front, you know, where the trunk is, um, IB. And then like sevens or eights in the kick panels, like where the 15 is, everything else is like, the thing is just a shell for speakers, basically. And that thing was so loud. <laughs> At finals, you could be... And my, my car was like... Because it was all hybrid, so we were like two cars apart. And it was like, man, you couldn't even judge... Nobody could listen or judge my car while his car was playing because it was... You could be halfway down the hall, and it was still loud. It was like, man... And so everybody was like, and I had I had set up I had been in control of the scheduling and the parking and everything that year for finals, and everybody's like, "You put me next to that thing again, and I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't seen it since, but they keep telling me it's coming back and going to be louder than ever. I'm like, "Oh, great! Well, we're just going to park you outside. Sorry, <laughs> it's going to be the new rule." <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, is there not an old Resonix vehicle or Resonix video of that Beetle? There might be actually. I think yeah, because yeah, because he was there. Yeah, because uh, Nick Nick did the video of Black Betty and a few others, so he probably did do a video of it because he was there with a big camera that year. When I first got into it, I dug deep and started. Well, when I actually first figured out who Nick was and learned about his products, I started digging deep into his videos. And I've come across that one, I believe. There's some there's some old gems in there. Is uh now to like see I've got I like the the competitor spotlight thing. I think that's a really fun. I hope he continues to do that at the at the major shows and um because I think it it disarms a lot of what people look at the competition from either a new or perspective that it's. It's just a bunch of guys that <laughs> like to listen to good music. Yep. And yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions about what you need to do to, you know, come in and, and do this. And yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree. It, it, it helps. And, you know, he's just kind of like, Hey, show me your thing. Oh, cool. You know? And yeah, it's definitely neat. I remember the first, when I showed up to whatever the Hilton or the Hyatt was for SVR, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go introduce myself. Didn't realize it was like the first group that I go introduce myself to is uh, Brian Mitchell and Doug Dobson and, and all these people that have been around it for forever. And I introduced myself and give my, give my name. And, and Brian is just like, so you're the truck. I was like, <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like that at all. Uh, and, you're the truck. Yeah. And, but, but it was like, 
I figured it was an okay sign. And then most folks told me after is like, you should expect it. If you're getting a target, that's, that's usually a, a good thing. But, um, after like 48 hours progressed and all of a sudden it's Sunday, it's like all of a sudden, all of that thinking that you're showing up to try to impress or, or, um, the the expectation that you set for what you have to do and how you have to present yourself or what your system needs to be capable of is like stuff is all fugazi it's like it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things um like unless you're going there to try to get first and and even then like you look at steve and brian and, and natan like these are not serious people they are, but they are in the event itself. It is, they're just, they're there for the same reasons you are. Man, I've just really enjoyed this whole journey, truly. From going to knowing absolutely nothing and being able to come into a community that accepts you for as little as you know, to as much as you know. Uh, it's been great. It's been great to, to come in and be accepted and be able to progress the way that I have through help of friends and just the community in general. It's been a good time. And I encourage anybody that is interested to just go to a show. I'm I'm just busy going down the T-Pain rabbit hole. So y'all, Discuss amongst yourselves. So, uh-huh. it's, I'm telling you, it's, whoever, whoever shows up at Aguiland, they find out that the entire disc is, has been changed into TP. We got a so we got a petition to him to put out like a live DVD instead of just a YouTube. Like if if I can find that he puts that out on a live DVD, I'm buying it automatically and then gluing an iPad inside my car or something. <laughs> oh, I, I hope like Gerald comes. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because that is the first thing I'm doing the moment he shows up and plugs in. Or Brian, just <laughs> if he gets his car finished with that big LCD uh, TV screen he's got in there. It's, I it's use an of, iPad as my head unit. I'm talking to you guys on my head unit right now. <laughs> <laughs> there, Yeah, it's a like... Even like I usually YouTube to me is just like, eh, nope, not listening to anything. I don't care if you link it on something. I'm not listening to it because oh yeah, it's trash. It's the first time I've been like, I can tolerate this. This is actually not bad at all. Like and and yeah, I was. Uh, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it, but it's just. I think it's. Like I, I do enjoy cover music and then to have it come from like a very unassuming, like you, you never expect T-Pain to be covering war pigs. Um, <laughs> and then he comes in and absolutely like kills it. Uh, um, it it's that kind of shit always makes me excited that I have a good sound system to listen to it on. I like the surprise factor of people not knowing who it is. Like this is T Pain. <laughs> I love the fact. I almost want to think that him using so much auto tuned in the beginning of his like public career is 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 a meme or just like an obvious like he he can obviously sing and like and sing extremely well. And I don't know if it was 
how that came about. I'd be kind of curious to go peek behind that. Well, didn't he win one of the seasons of The Masked Singer? My wife watched that show. I never pay attention to it, but I'm pretty sure he won. Oh, I didn't know. And no, nobody had any idea who it was. Yeah, it's I, I got to give props where they're due. Like, there's there's not a lot of singers. The, the last time I felt this way about something, uh, I'd first discovered Lake Street Dive. Um, and there's a song she sings, Just Ask. Uh, and there's like this, just this note that she holds. It's like three minutes in, and that's it. Was like a, a, a everything kind of stops moment type thing, and you just, you just listen to that, and like every time I listen to that song, it always brings me back to those the, those like core moments, um, and I, rediscovering the, those those little nuances that you find in songs that evoke the goosebumps that that's 50% of the equation. The social and fun scene is, is, is got 50%, but the, like the music part where everything else disappears for those few seconds. So what's, what's one of the, uh, in your build, what's your favorite addition that you put in? It's, uh, uh, out of I, yeah, if you I can pick, say one, I can, pick one if thing, I, if I got to pick one. I don't know. The this is CSP hard is because really... he doesn't have an eighteen. If he had eighteen <laughs> or a pair of eighteens, he'd be like, "Oh, the 18s. But just when you check. don't have that, then it's difficult. Everything else is sad. Uh, if I were to get, ch- if I had to choose one thing that I think might be my favorite, it, I think is actually my front sub. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's as much to do with the fact that I built it myself. Um, like the, the Accuton, is, they're really good and they do some crazy stuff. And they, and the Brax DSP, same thing. Um, but when I think about something that I reflect on and really am proud and enjoy and feel like it actually made a big difference, front sub for sure. I, I'll mirror the same questions back to, to you, Chris, sir. Awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely safe to say which my favorite part was <laughs> the 18s have been eye-opening for me the favorite thing I, i've put in so far was my glove box front sub i kind of wish that i still had it in there but it wasn't perfect but that was one of the cool things i really enjoyed building because it came out so nice and it looked like it fit and i'm trying to find somebody with a Dodge Charger that wants this just because I want somebody to have it. <laughs> that was quick. I, 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 that was the first time I remember noticing your build um, and being like, holy shit, there's a lot going on in here. And because like you went from that to IB kicks and then you're messing around with your dash. It was like a really fast progression, I, I feel like, from my memory. Yeah, I work in spurts, and it normally comes pretty quick. This is definitely the longest I've had to work in a, a stretch on it because I've had it. It's been torn apart since very beginning of December, maybe, and it's not going back together too much soon. <laughs> It'll be worth it, though. I'm. It, That's my biggest fear: is I get it on and there's like some yeah, anomaly that just doesn't. Disappointed. It's just how it's done. I'm worried. Sorry. <laughs> 
like, should be. <laughs> oh, where where you put your mid base? Yeah, there's a huge cancellation. It's like a bad spot. <laughs> I kind of copied your idea about the Sonos speakers. Uh, I put a little <laughs> sound bar in my truck the whole time it was tearing apart. But that, I think that was probably the biggest motivation for me to get it actually finished or to get it playing at least was the fact of having no music. It was eating me alive. I had such an unrealistic – every time I'd work on my truck, I was adamant that I needed to put the, the audio system back together before I finished because um, I, I don't have a garage at home, but I have access to like the, uh, the warehouse for my old business. And um, like every time I'd work, there was only one time before uh, – SVR, SVR was, I had like seven days of downtime, which is the longest my truck has ever been without music. Um, but I remember the first time I had it like left overnight and drove the truck home and drove it back. I felt like I was like expecting my truck to just like drive off the road and not be operational because <laughs> it didn't have an audio system. It was just like, a, I don't envy that park risk. Hopefully it'll be like such an eye opening thing. Cause it's been so long since you've listened to it, but well, I haven't drove my car since October. Holy shit! Wow, I I seriously miss it because the last (laughs) time I drove it was on the way to finals, and that was what one, two, three. It's almost four months since I've driven my car. It's making me sad. Then I didn't realize. I thought you fixed it between finals and like the time you tore it apart. Oh no! I'm sad for you, man. (laughs) I've got this picture of the night that I pulled. I finally pulled it into the garage to start the teardown. I took a picture. I keep looking at like. <laughs> it makes me sad. I just drive like a junky fifteen hundred work van to work, and I'm driving an hour each way right now. Ooh. And I'm I just have a, boat. I, I have an aux cord that every time you hit the bump, one speaker goes out, and you got to wiggle the aux cord to get it back. And it's miserable. I'm driving two hours a day with just the worst sound system in the world. It was even worse going going to finals because. I'm like, sweet. I just got that AE sub literally the week of finals that showed up, the 10-inch. So I swapped the front sub. I'm like, okay, so I got like 12 or 14-hour drive. I can get this thing broke in (laughs) and like touch up the tune when I get there. And I got, you know, seven hours of driving in. And then I had to drive the rest of the way in a U-Haul truck. And the sound system barely worked in that. And I ended up buying like – I didn't bring – my headphones with me because I'm like, why do I need headphones? I've got my sound system. So I stopped at a gas station and bought like $20 Bluetooth headphones. And that was even worse than nothing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> skull candy. So, <laughs> no, they were worse. They were worse good. than skull candy. No, they were, they were bad. It sounded like there was a fly in your ear. Oh man. That's so terrible. yeah. From, from going to listen to great music all weekend at a, at- finals to go and listen to crappy headphones it's terrible <laughs> it was depressing <laughs> it's depressing i finished my fret sub uh maybe like four days before svr whenever i believe luke and chris you both first listened to it mm-hmm. i think i had my front sub in there for maybe a week total yeah you just act like you definitely didn't install it three days before Okay. Right. <laughs> no, totally been there. <laughs> I, I have. I think I finished my. The only thing that was really odd between my transition w- when I did a new amp rack was, 
importing my tune from a Helix that had virtual channels, and I was I was so bad about continually going to update EQ. Like every two weeks, I'd go in, I chew up ten filters. Two weeks later, ten filters, and I and I remember the like I was like I showed up to 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 Nick's halfway through on my trip to SVR. And he listened to it and he was like, well, this is definitely the best tune you've done on your own. That sounds, sounds good. And then he plugs into my DSP to go make changes. And (laughs) literally every virtual band (laughs) is taken. Every mid range band is taken. Every mid bass band is taken. And then he just hit reset on the whole thing and started fresh. So good job. We're starting over. (laughs) He he did close to the same thing to, to me. Um, when I got to finals, he's like, "Is there anything I can help with?" I said, "Yeah, just just listen to it, see what you think." So he jumped in. He's like, "Yeah, let's make these couple changes." I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." Like, give me a hand real quick. So I hand him a laptop, and he pulls it up. He's like, "Dude, you got chill on the EQ." I'm like, well, "I don't have virtual channels, so I do my initial EQ, and then I got to go in and bump some stuff here and there, so it eats everything up." It's like every band's taken. I'm like, "There's small little changes here and there." <laughs> So that's why I got the new processor because I can, you know, virtual EQ. I think it'll help a little bit that way. Uh, EQ your basic stuff and then go in virtual and do your little right left tweaks. Hopefully that helps. I know, like I noticed uh, when Nick and I did the last remote tune, it's the fewest amount of bands by and far that I've ever had in any tune, um, kind of since I went to DSP, and. Yeah, it's interesting. Like there is, because like there's a method of when like Nick does tuning that the way that he imports um, EQ filters from Rue, he tends to put like if you're on a mid bass, he'll import them as far to the right as possible, and then that allows the bands that you actually need to do fine tuning with um, to be free on the left side of the EQ. And like when I go through that and I go look, it's like. Because the amount of my point where I'm heading is more when I used to do EQ myself and make small adjustments, it was the amount of redundant EQ that I would put into my system, whether I was adding either an EQ band that was 0.25 dB or I'd have plus 4 dB uh, on band 2 and then on band 26, I had the same contrasting EQ that was literally canceling out that other band. And just over time, it was just like, what am I doing here? And like now that I understand where I'm trying to head from like an end game, from a tonality and what it's supposed to image and burn and, and head there. It's like the simplest way that I can get there with the less amount of filters necessarily. If I feel like is been leading to a better end product in terms of how the tune sounds. Um, it just made me look at it more, objectively and slow down and and like don't take face value of what rue auto eq is telling you to do or or any auto eq is like look at actually the structure that it's trying to build with eq filters and um you can often kind of peel back a lot of what the fat that is trying to get put in there see what you got to do to see if you've actually learned anything on how good you are at tuning so after you're done with the Brax, you jump back to a car with a Dayton DSP in it and see how well you can do. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> Assuming that you can hear over the floor noise. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I had to get some Amazon uh, ground loop isolators because it was the most noise I've ever heard in the system. And that actually fixed most of it. But yeah, it was unlistenable without the ground loop isolators. Yeah, there was my my LCQ was was like that, that audio control unit I had. Like I, I I remember moving the ground pins, but then I also realized that I, um, I wasn't sharing common ground with the other the two amps in my system. Uh, I I really don't know what was causing it, but it was the hiss was terrible. But that's what I assume a Dayton DSP sounds like. Makes me remember back in the day with the first sound system of the alternator one when you have no idea what to do to fix it. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. You're just just you're just <laughs> driving around with your uh, electronic turbo whistle. Mine, mine sounded like a ambulance. An ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I, I, As I accelerated and decelerated. I, I had I had that in my van, and I switched DSPs, and it went away. And I don't know why. I have no hmm. idea why. But it it no alternator one now. Had it before, gone. So. I guess that's the magic magic trick now. Just switch DSPs. Are you bringing that van out to any events, or just um, even if it's not competing, just have it there? I might bring it to finals, just because I won't, and I may not compete at finals. I might compete in a three X or something, just to pretend I'm doing something. But um, you can just let everybody listen to a different person's tune, right? I mean, every and every person <laughs> can listen. To it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. There's a what's the other the other van Dil- oh Dylan's yeah. Uh, yeah is that the same van as you or different year similar. different style yeah well so his my mine's a Japanese import of that um they're it's yours a right hand drive yeah right hand drive and mine my, his is a Previa it's similar I think it's like a ninety four mine's a ninety five his is a Previa mine's an Estima it's kind of like the difference between a Taurus and a Sable, you know, but it's mm. the Estima is actually a different body. So it's a few inches shorter uh, lengthwise and it's a few inches narrower. So it's actually kind of a different vehicle, but it's, it's basically the same platform. So they're, they're both mid-engine rear-wheel drive. They're basically exotic sports cars. Just, <laughs> they, just they don't really, you know, 0-60, no. <laughs> and <laughs> no, <laughs> there, there is actually there is actually a third SQ like uh, minivan import minivan. Uh, there's a guy I don't I don't know the gentleman's name, but he runs around with the Stereo Integrity Squad. But he's he's got a right hand drive van that he got imported, and it's it's turboed and I mean it's it's pretty bad to the bone. I you like the, the Starlight headliner in yours. No. No, my my uh, my doesn't have all the, but I I have electronic curtains in mine. So <laughs> I think my, I would actually take the curtains over. Nice. The, uh, I can the, I can uh, hit I can hit buttons and my curtains close. So that's a that's a hard flex. <laughs> <laughs> What's doing, caught the razzle dazzle? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that puts you in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Just layers and the, the seats swivel around like the whole the whole all the seats lay flat. So basically, you can turn the whole thing into a, one big couch. So you just do that and you hit, you hit the butt switches and you got zing 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 zing, zing, zing and then you know exactly what's about to happen. 
Just put That's a TV screen on the roof. <laughs> the whole That's why I wish I would have started off with a van because it's so much easier to travel with, you know, family and stuff than in a, a car that's all hacked to be bits. Well, my mine was, and then I put a six cubic foot box in for there for for an eighteen, and now it, it holds fewer people. But you know, <laughs> cut a hole. You gotta, yeah. Well, you just set it. So the way it's set up, like the amps are in the back, and then you know the the box is there. So I figure it's kind of like the old station wagons. You just have the kids sit on top of the box, facing backwards, <laughs> and put a mattress back set. there. And- <laughs> Just hang on, kids. Hang on. <laughs> I forgot it. Was it like uh, like early '90s Volvos or mid '90s Volvos had rear facing seats? Yeah, there was quite a few '80s yeah. and '90s wagons with rear facing seats. It's a terrible idea, but it was the '80s. All right, I'm gonna pose one final question before yeah. I got to sneak out for the night. Sure. If you guys had a vehicle, any vehicle you could choose to build in, what would it be? A Ram 1500 Promaster. <laughs> All right. Short van. The 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 smaller of the, the eco, the economy vans. That's the way I would go. Steve I would make it an over. Car. I would make it an overland vehicle with uh, like a like some little small nubby tires on it and a spot where I could pull my motorcycle in the back, but also have a full build in it. Where I've already thought about this. I was Sorry. gonna, I was gonna <laughs> say this is <laughs> that was that was <laughs> shotgun was loaded. <laughs> yeah, but wait on that question. <laughs> I sort of have a similar, well, not a similar build at all, but like I have the like a pre-canned answer of what I would. Well, I know what I would build within my budget, and because I want to go backwards and buy like either 2017 or 18 E43 AMG. And build it as a pure stealth build, um, but have it be hopefully really, really, really good in terms of performance SQ wise. It's like from an OEM location. It's got the firewall mid base. Um, it's got mid range, pretty high up in the doors. It's got sail um, tweeters and pretty easy to do an IB through the floor in the trunk. Um, and and build it as like an extremely high end hidden system, um, and, and similar in the vein of what Pete did with his 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 S five fifty and but and then eventually morph it into something. Um, it's like to me is that's the next stage. Like when I get tired of my truck, hopefully those cars they'll be like twenty grand in three years from now that I can go find one from somebody in Florida. Um, that that's been sitting on one and, and try to bring it up and make that the next the next iteration. If I were to start with a new vehicle, I would got a couple in mind. I would like to do like a Ford Transit van, like Steve Wagner has. It's good. And it's really good. <laughs> that way, it's like a a family van that you can travel with, and then do your shows. Similar to the ProMaster. Yeah, that or. Like a station wagon style, like uh, the Dodge Magnums, mm. where the it's like the hatchback version of the Chargers, and then do like big IB subs in the back, so you don't have any of the rear seat or rear deck or anything, just like a true hatchback. Oh, I take that R- RS six. That that would be if there was a new vehicle that I would really enjoy driving yeah. as well as 
building in, yeah, RS6. Even though it's pain in the ass to make mid-base, like, either kicks or doors work in that car, the car is just too, like, there's enough good about the car itself to make me deal with that. That or a Mini Cooper. I, w- I want a Mini Cooper so bad. Dude, the, a full-blown system and a Mini. Have you seen the DLS one with the guy from Yes, that's Norway? my... <laughs> that yes, is. that guy is insane. He may, he he just puts me to shame. Anytime I see what he does and where he does it, like, I, he lives in Norway. He doesn't have a heated garage. does half his work in the winter. It's like negative 10. I'm out here complaining because I had to go buy a torpedo heater for my garage to keep it <laughs> pretty decently warm. And his fit and finish is like... Uh, it, it's what you find in like AI design and these like these shops that are charging 250, 300 bucks an hour for their fab. And this guy's doing it in a carport in Norway. Yeah, that that is would be an inspiration if I ever got a mini. I truly have the utmost respect for the people that can do high quality fab like that. Man, just from trial and error. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. I've always thought I've been pretty decent with my hands and been able to 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 be hands on with stuff and figure stuff out. Just watch a few videos, figure it all out. Man, some of the, some of the level of fab that's out there, it's it's pretty ridiculous. His is particularly impressive because he doesn't have a laser, he doesn't have a CNC, doesn't have a three D printer. It's literally all built with routers. It's that to me. That's the part where it's like. Like uh, the the level of fabrication is definitely like it's almost exponential over the past five years with the, with the introduction of these like technologies and three D modeling. Um, to, to to watch somebody do it like old school and exceed some of the fit and finish of people that have these twenty five thousand dollar lasers or whatever giant cnc routers that take up half the size of their shop (laughs) exactly it's like like don't don't get me wrong i would love to have all of the 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 cool modern tools but it goes to show that you can get real real far off of just some basics yeah i have a table saw a router and a jigsaw sander that's pretty much it besides your like normal tools a heat gun and stuff like that i've been able to to figure out, I guess, old school methods. I guess they're old school methods. Uh, it's, just, it's the tools I've had to work with. Not having the the kind of funds that a lot of these people have in the shop area. I mean, every time I do any kind of little project, it's, okay, I have to now fully clean my garage again because there's a quarter inch of sawdust on everything. <laughs> it's terrible. It's the, There's like a... There's definitely some core fundamentals that I feel you, you eventually just learn about whether it's fiberglass or uh, or stack fabbing or uh, these like when I look at like you, you look at my pillars and they look like this exotic finished really nice piece. But the process of getting them from where they started to where they were is just chaos and, and rough uh, build up like the, the only thing that is lasered inside of those things is uh, one trapezoid shape um, and the ring where the actual tweeter sits in. The rest of it is literally just built up fiberglass that's been sanded and shaped. Um, and to me, it is just it's just knowing the process of like Matt and Nick, and you can watch them build it in their head before they before they go too far. But the the grand scheme of it is it's 
just the basic principle that's just really fine-tuned and make, making smart decisions of how the fabrication happens so that when you get to that finished process um, and I feel like that that's the skill that gets better with time is that like visualization um, before you cut anything and or you're, you're you're working incrementally but you're always thinking of like the path through of how you're supposed to finish this and put it back together that gets much better with time uh, granted that's with, with anything but I feel like in car audio you were it's something so specific and the tolerances are almost so tight and it's something that needs to fly down the road at 75 miles an hour uh, and potentially get into an accident and it's like you have to think of all these like different factors that um, you need to be able to forecast that yeah, like right now with my dash build, I'm trying to figure out how to build all of this around the airbag to keep it functioning. It's driving me insane. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be a headache for sure. A lot of it's discouraging too because a lot of these people that, that are so good at fab work uh, post these, these build logs online and you see them and you're just almost flabbergasted about how like detailed and how they make everything flow together. Like, okay, this, this type of fabric really flows well with this other type of vinyl that you, you really wouldn't think to put together. And the way that they make it all flow together, make it, they make it look almost effortless. And it's really, truly not. It's when you, when you actually get into the nitty gritty of how things are done, it's, it's really a pain in the ass. And you, I, I find myself cussing, so many times and just redoing a lot of things just because I'm not satisfied with the outcome. I always have a soft spot in my heart for seeing builds as you can tell a normal guy did to the best of his abilities with what he had. And sometimes you see these, you know, perfectly polished final shop products and you're, it, it almost kind of takes you out of it because it all looks so perfect you're like, oh, wow, that looks really great and almost kind of move on. But then you see, like, someone that doesn't have that fabrication ability. You're like, wow, he did really, really good with what he had. And I don't know if that's a weird way to look at it, but sometimes you can just tell when someone's put effort into it with what they had versus, you know, super glossed over high-end CNC and all that kind of stuff. Trying to think of a good example. Like my, my personal example is front sub. Like there's nothing necessarily fancy about it, but it is just uh, t- taking simple concepts and learning fiberglass and doing it myself and just kind of kind of rolling with it. There's there, there's nothing p- particularly to to write home about. It came out clean and stuff, and I'm proud of it. But uh, there's there, there's something about watching exactly that happen it's like you go look at matt schaefer's builds they're literal works of art and clearly have absolutely ridiculous like like i'm assuming almost blank check type deals with some of these clients because the amount of labor and 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 materials and edulet everything and i was referencing the fa- the fabric comment about like the last post that he just did. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Some of the, the different fabric and how it flows together. It's crazy. And it's like, it's like ble- this like bleeding edge. It's like, it's, but there, there's a certain part of it where it's like, 
it's so far beyond what I can visualize how the hell it got put together in, in my head mm-hmm. that I, I know like this is not a discount in Matt. Like Matt is incredibly, incredibly talented and, and knows how to leverage his the tools that he uses to, to the max. But as a as a layman uh, or even like a, a DIY or like trying to understand what the hell is how this goes together it's like it's hard to appreciate it almost um yeah i I definitely agree with you chris it's like when you watch somebody who took something something from nothing or got really creative with a limited amount of resources um it becomes like you you become a bigger cheerleader in that case than necessarily some of the 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 big guns in the industry uh any last comments anything else you guys want to chat about before we take off for the evening what happens if you put directional cables in your car but you potentially put them all backwards you just have to swap phase (laughs) you just have to you just add refill Uh, that's what it is all right i'll try that austin any last last words yeah no last words man it's been it's been a good good uh good conversation (laughs) oh hold on i got i got one last word Cliff, I've been instructed by Nick that two hour two hour episodes get two shout outs to the show sponsor. <laughs> Little does he know that we haven't even given the first one. <laughs> All right, well, thanks to Hybrid Audio Technologies for supporting the show. <laughs> Is this show brought to you by 18s? Buy them. <laughs> That's right. They're nice. <laughs> I can attest. Hashtag show life. <laughs> Don't even have to wait. Well, thanks, guys, for joining, especially yeah, on short notice thank you. and making no, this happen. It's a great idea. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I was going to work on my car tonight, so. <laughs> yeah, thanks for burning two hours. <laughs> <laughs> you got month, You got like a month for that. You got plenty of time. That's two hours no, that don't. my wife will never let me get that. <laughs> I'll see you in Maine in, uh, in three months and 11 hours, Chris. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now I'm, you I'm planning on it. Awesome. How about the ones we especially like? Which ones? You know, the ones with the cars that go. I hear you. <laughs>